0: downright cruddy, buddy, buddy. Wish I missed the past, buddy, buddy, but there's still Buddy Cash. No,
1: don't be naughty, go meet everybody here on Buddy Cash.
0: It's Friday night. You know what that means. Yes. It's another episode of Buddy Cash. You know, Trent. One of my favorite activities to do on a Friday night when I was a kid was sit around with my friends and tell ghost stories.
2: Ooh, there you go. I love Uh that. I love that. You know, the other thing on on Friday nights? Mm -hmm. In my hometown, the the TV station had their freaky Friday night, right? So I'd always watch all the old ghost movies and that sort of thing. So this takes me back
1: to that. That's a good time right there.
2: Absolutely.
1: (laughs)
0: Yes. Well, now, Trent, we actually get to hear real-life ghost stories because we're chatting with the group Eerie Unknown, my friend I Mike so. and James. How you guys doing today? We're doing good. How you doing? Doing fantastic. I've been looking forward to this episode. I know I'm my girlfriend good. is probably saying differently, but I'm just <laughs> really interested, you know?
2: That's why I'm along for the ride, guys, because exactly. uh, nobody else wanted to be a co host Co-host with the ghost guys. Yeah.
0: I sent out the message. We have a Facebook group called Buddy Aid because we do that monthly fundraiser. I sent out the message. Anyone want to do this for me? Everyone else just remained silent while it over. here, like, me, 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 me. <laughs> me. Me, me, Pick me. I love it. <laughs> so I got to start out by asking you guys, how did this group come to be? Like what, what led you to one day decide, I'm going to go hunt for ghosts?
1: Well, um, I'm the one who started the group. I've always been into it. Paranormal has always been something that I've been interested in. And uh, literally just one day I'm like, I'm going to buy a little bit of equipment. You know, I I spent, you know, I think like 150 bucks on a couple pieces of equipment and I planned on going to a cemetery or something like that just to play around with it. And when I kind of, Made it public that, you know, I, I was interested in doing paranormal. And, you know, if anybody lived in a haunted house, it just blew up. I mean, literally, you know, and um, I had a couple friends. Mike was one and another buddy of mine. They they were interested in it, asked if they could be part of the group. And, uh, you know, when we started off, I, I told these guys, I said, if we do a couple investigations, you know, a year, I'm happy. You know, I'm cool with that. Uh, last January is kind of when we came into, uh, the, the scene and I made our, uh, Facebook page in late January. And by the end of the year, we had almost 2000 followers on our Facebook wow. page and we did about 30 investigations last year. Wow! So it just took off. Mm hmm. Quick That's follow-up amazing.
0: question, Mike. What led you to decide, I'm going to do this? Like, I want to be part of this.
3: Uh, I, I've been watching, you know, those ghost shows, ghost adventures, and all, all those shows for years. And my, and my my wife is like, why don't you just go do it, you know? Uh, <laughs> and um, it, it was kind of the timing was kind of right, because I saw Jimmy post something on his Facebook friends. Jimmy and I have been friends for a long, long time. And I was like, Jimmy, Jimmy, please <laughs> let me join your group. Please let me join your group. I, I I will do whatever you need. So, um, you know, he it started off with uh, Jimmy and, and kid named Ray, and then uh, I guess I came on after that. I don't, yep. And then uh, we have a few more after that. And uh, you know, our, I I can still remember our very first investigation. I was <laughs> like, I'm like Zach Baggins now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Except you don't scream and and run away when he no. you see teeny tiny men, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, let, let's take this a, a a step farther back, guys. What uh what sparked your interest in ghost hunting initially? And I'll ask both of you that question.
1: Well, um, back when I was a teenager, uh, it, unfortunately. Uh, I watched my grandmother pass away. Uh, she she died of breast cancer when her health took a, a turn for the worse. Uh, my parents took her in to care for her, so on and so forth. Uh, she ended up dying at my parents' house and, you know, weeks leading up to her passing away, she was talking to people that weren't there. Uh, you know, she, she had a large, polish background heritage she was speaking a lot of polish um you know she even kind of started introducing me to family members who have been passed away for ages um she was catholic i went to a catholic grade school the priest came by a couple times you know to visit her and i I asked the priest you know hey grandma's been talking to grandpa who died like two years before i was born You know, and he said, well, it's believed that if you know you're going, if you know you're passing on, family members will come visit you and help you cross. And he said, that's very well something that could be going on. And, you know, after after that, um, after she passed away, you know, my mom told me some stories of, you know, her having dreams about grandma you know, smelling flowers and, you know, hearing her, you know, walk down the hallway and stuff like that. And this was back in, she passed away in 97, I believe, you know, so the modern technology wasn't there. You know, I didn't know that ghost hunting was, was a thing, but it's just always something that stuck in my mind, you know? And, and I think from there kind of wondering what my grandmother saw, you know, what she went through, that really sparked my, you know, afterlife, uh, you know, obsession. obsession, Yeah,
2: right, right. Mm -hmm. Mike,
3: how about you? I guess for me, it was, uh, I mean, what, what growing up, um, my mom always said there was someone in something else in the house. (coughs) She would always say, you know, there was, you know, the, the cabinets were open and she didn't open them this, that, and the other thing. So it was always kind of like in my mind and then. Oh, not that long ago, maybe two or three years ago in in my house, I started feeling things might be going on. And uh, I, I was laying down watching TV one night and I just felt this cold air just come up from my legs all the way up through. Then I felt this light pressure on my chest. But it was a, a peaceful kind of feeling, and it, it, you know, I, I was fully awake. I was watching TV. Uh, that was just one of the peaceful things that happened to me. My wife had the same exact thing happen to her uh, in a, in in our bedroom while she was laying up uh, watching TV. Um, mm-hmm. But I also had the scariest moment of my life too. Uh, maybe a couple months after that, I was laying down on that same exact couch, and I heard this this wolf-like growl in my ear and it was right here it was right in my ear and i was laying down and i was frozen i didn't want to move because it was whatever it was was right here and i finally what seemed like forever but it was probably maybe a minute or two i finally decided i'm just going to jump up have my hands ready to grab whatever this thing is and as soon as i jumped up everything stopped it was gone
2: interesting
3: so that, that really was like I got to do something about this, and then you know Jimmy came along. And was like <laughs> this is perfect. So we did our house. We did my house. We did find something um, laying on on my floor in our bedroom, actually. But um, oh wow, that, there wasn't wasn't much anything else. No.
2: Any more? Uh, any more uh, activity happened since then? No. I no.
0: was say, if you need to borrow some...
3: I got some. <laughs> <laughs> I, I carry it with me on these investigations. So. I believe it,
0: yeah. I so note it. to self when I come on in the investigation.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you Yeah. <wearing> like cologne. <laughs> exactly.
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All so, right. so tell us what these adventures entail. Like a typical, like walk us through a typical hunt or a typical, like if you're going through like a house or a business.
1: So it doesn't really matter house or business. Um, You know, we, we always get as much detail as we can from the homeowner, business owner, whatever, before we show up. Um, Usually when we get to the location, you know, we'll chit chat a little bit with the person kind of get to know them. They'll take us on a tour of the house or business show us where the most of the activity happens. Um, You know, obviously you want to focus on those. If nothing happens in the living room, the bedroom, there's always activity. You know, obviously you want to be in the bedroom most of the night, Um, Mm -hmm. but we'll go around, you know, we'll find out, you know, where activity happens, what kind of activity could we be expecting? Um, you know, that usually takes half hour, 45 minutes. And then from there, we'll set up our equipment, you know, make sure everything's working properly. And then, uh, you know, we go lights out and the investigation starts and, you know, we usually start off with a K2 session, you know, to to see if anything's around, you know, we have spirit box, stuff like that. And we just kind of go from room to room, you know, depending on the location or the, the size of the location, if it's a small house, we might only bring, you know, one or two investigators, bigger location, we'll try to bring, you know, as many people as we can. Um, but throughout the night, you know, we always tend to kind of split up and, you know, two might go one way or, you know, and, and uh, you know, just try to see if, if there's anything we can stir up to, you know, try to find answers for the, the person who, you know, hears things.
3: Mm.
2: Interesting. Interesting. Now you mentioned some of your equipment. Yeah. And and we we hear these things on all of all of the different ghost uh, shows, ghost hunting shows that are on right now. The uh, the EVPs and uh, the 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 electromagnetic uh, fields and all of that. Yeah. Uh, specifically, and for people that are not ghost hunters, tell us a little bit about the equipment. And uh, explain to us how all of that comes together and uh, helps you in your ghost hunting experience.
1: So it's believed, you know, you you have people who've been in the paranormal world for ages upon ages. Um, Scientific data, you know, I mean, this is a really popular uh, field known throughout the world. So there's a lot of research that goes into it. A lot of our equipment that we use is through the lines of Bill Chapel, and he's the number one paranormal researcher um, and equipment developer for the crew on Ghost Adventures. Right. He came up with the SLS and some EMF uh, detectors and things of that nature, but everything that we have scientifically uh, comes off of electric magnetic field, like Trent, you had mentioned. And what it's believed is that when a spirit tries to manifest itself, it takes energy from anything it can. Um, that's why you'll hear a lot of people talk about cold spots. Um, if the spirit is trying to manifest, it'll take energy from the atmosphere and it'll try to, you know, touch you, try to move something. So if you feel that cold spot, that could be where the energy is missing from the air. Um, it'll drain batteries. You know, you, you hear a lot of times, you know, we had a full battery in our camera and 15 minutes into the investigation, it's dead. You know, a spirit could have drained your camera battery, you know, to try to manifest itself. Um, but everything that we have, you know like here I have the K2 meter um, okay. you know, it's, it's EMF and you can see you know how it just it just spiked a little bit but um, you know if a spirit gets close to this, you know the the light will go from green to red and we actually have a lot of good evidence of us having a conversation with the spirit. You know, we'll ask, are you you here? Can you make those lights move? The lights will move. Um, Are are you a male? Can you make the lights move? Maybe the lights will move. Are you a female? The lights will move. Um, You know, we try to ask it questions like that. Yes or no answers. Um, Now, is that 100% paranormal? We leave that up to people to decide, you know? Right. (laughs) But when you ask it a question, and it moves to your question. You know that's that's pretty, pretty good evidence in my opinion. Because um,
2: if there, because if there's a magnetic field, <laughs> for instance, uh, you you got it near your laptop and you got a spike, right? Correct. Um, it it's going to stay steady at that level until you pull it away from that laptop. Am I right?
1: Nor- normally, it will. Um, our cell phones, especially for some reason, my cell phone. When I get the K two meter close to my phone, it goes off like crazy. Really? One yeah, one way that we debunk all of that, when we go into a room, we get a base reading. So we'll actually take the K two meter, go along the walls, cause you have electrical through the walls and everything. Especially a lot of older houses, you know, that aren't as well insulated. But we'll go through and, you know, we might say this corner of this room, this K2 meter is going off like crazy. Nothing over here, you know, so we'll set it up over there. Um, You know, a lot of times we won't get any type of reading, which is great. So that means if that thing moves, it could very well be paranormal. Um, Another meter that we have is called the Mel meter. And This is the same premises as a K2. It detects EMF and you can see right there, it has temperature. So right now in my living room, it's 67, almost 68 degrees. Right, And the two up on top, that will detect your EMF. So if we have this out and you notice that temperature drop and let's say that double zero spikes up to a two, there could be something around. Um, we try to, we like to do double capturing. So we'll use this melmeter. And a lot of times if we get like a hit on a REM pod, a lot of times we get a hit on the REM pod, the melmeter will spike. So you kind of get that double, you know, proof that something could be there. Um, this here is the melmeter. Or I'm sorry, this is the rem pod.
2: Now, is that based on electromagnetic uh, field? This, this as well? is correct.
1: Okay. So, so like right now, it's not going off, and then if something gets close to it, I'm not touching
3: it, but I'm getting close. Right. It'll set it off.
2: Yep. And a little like a theremin, right? Yes. I, the musical instrument, the theremin. Yes.
1: Right. Yep. And we've, we've had this pretty much sitting in the middle of nowhere before and it'll, it'll just go off. No explanation, no reason whatsoever
3: that this should be going off and it will. Um, You know, interesting story with that REM pod. We had, I, I, I could probably name a place since he's on our team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Northeast Bowling Lanes, we've got uh, quite a bit of action there. So we had that set up, and we literally held a 35-minute conversation we did. using that ramp pot. Really? So, so yep. we would ask questions. It would go on. It would stay on. And then I would immediately – not immediately. Then I would say, move away, and it would turn off instantly. All right? Wow, but then we'd start our questions again. You know, are you, is it this? Is it this? Is it this? It would go off. I'd let it go off and I'd say, move away. Just like that, turns back off again. So um, we've had a lot of success with the REM pod. Uh, we used it once to double check. Uh, I, I can't say the place where it was, but there was what we feel was an animal on one of our uh, female investigators. Mm-hmm. shoulder, and you can see it on the SLS camera, the stick figure, and we had the REM pod sitting on a shelf next to her, and we could see from the SLS, this thing jump off of her onto the shelf, and then the REM pod would then go off, right where it had jumped to, so we we try to use a couple different uh, pieces of equipment to kind of prove what we're seeing. Yep.
2: So while, while we're talking equipment here and you mentioned the SLS camera uh, and and I have seen that on you know quite a few of the ghost shows how, how does that technology work it's uh,
1: it's very interesting to me so the SLS it's, it's structured light and what it does is <laughs> they actually got the technology from the Microsoft uh, Xbox Connect and Yes. And the story behind that, whether it's true or not, but there were a lot of people, you know, when the connect came out, it was very popular, sold, you know, millions of, of units, kids were playing just dance or, you know, whatever video game it was. Right. And there are two people playing the game, but only one person dancing, you know? Um, so, What it is is the the structured light, it's actually a laser grid that gets broadcast out. And the laser grid, obviously, it bounces back to give you the signal of anything that it's mapping out or outlining. So in the Xbox technology, when you're dancing and it's got those laser grids, obviously, it's going to bounce off of you and return back quicker than it is the objects behind you that's what gives you the mapping of a human figure right anything else so when you have a spirit that you know could be in the room standing next to you whatever when you use that sls camera those laser grids are actually able to pick up that figure you can't see with the human eye it's bouncing the laser back you know quicker to the camera so it's saying, Hey, there's something there, you know, and you, like I said, you can't see it with the human eye, but um, yeah, like I said, it, it's all based off of Xbox technology, Bill Chapel, Like I said, he's the one who took it to the next step and created the SLS camera out of that. And that's another thing we have gotten great evidence off of that. You know, you, you'll have a figure standing there and, you know, can you wave to us and you'll see the little arm you know go back and forth or um we were we were doing the eagle hotel out in waterford and up on the very up on the third floor is the old ballroom and we caught a figure up there i don't know if this is the investigation you were at um but we caught a figure up there and it looked like it was dancing you know it looked like it was having a good old time wow you know so that could have been a residual spirit you know, from the early 1900s, late 1800s, it could have been at a wedding, it could have been at the the local, you know, team dance or whatever, and it was dancing, having a good old time, and we caught that on on camera.
0: You know, I think it was dancing because it finally had company. It
2: finally- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it! I love it. So, so so much great equipment. Do you, uh, are there any other cameras uh, that that are unlike, I I guess, uh, everybody else's cameras?
1: Yep. Um, We do have, we have these ones. We have a couple of these. These are night vision, full spectrum. And let me see if the, you can't see it. But this light here is an infrared light and this is what is able to give our our night vision camera the extra boost you know to have great night vision quality. Right. Um, and this is this is actually a GoPro camera that was modified by a um a guy who does paranormal uh equipment.
2: Okay. And I can't,
1: I can't remember where he's located. But he actually he'll he'll go by the cameras he'll open them up he'll switch a couple wires around you know he'll add some stuff that'll that'll give it that full spectrum mode and and,
2: and what is the theory behind the uh, the full spectrum uh, mode?
1: full spectrum in layman's terms is extremely high definition 4k night vision okay. Full-spectrum will give you the ability to see extremely vibrant colors, extreme light, and in doing that, that gives you the ability to be able to capture shadows, you know, um, bright orbs, you know, that you may not be able to capture with just a normal camera. Um, So the full-spectrum is a fantastic tool, you know, if, if any uh ghost hunters out there, you know, most of them probably do have full spectrum if they have the cameras. Um but night vision, you know, obviously that's kind of a must to have. Right. Um, the and then we also have a Kodak still camera that's full spectrum. Um, usually on an investigation I'll take anywhere between 75 to 200 pictures. Yeah, all with that Kodak camera. And then, you know, at the end of the investigation, the next day you plug the thumb drive in and, you know, you spend an hour or two staring at pictures, see if, (laughs) you know, you got a shadow or an orb or something like that, you know.
0: That is awesome. So earlier you mentioned, like, finding some places. Like you mentioned a few this is like the bowling alley in the hotel. How do you come about these? Things? Like, how do they? How does? How do you find where to go? Where to? Where you're gonna have your next adventure at?
1: We we've been extremely lucky. Um, we when we first started, like I said, we only planned on doing a couple investigations. And when we all kind of came out and made ourselves known, started our Facebook page, we had a lot of friends and family that you know, our first investigations were somebody who knew somebody, you know, Um, we know, you know, we've been lucky enough to have some business owners, you know, because they're personally friends with us say, Hey, you know, we think we have activity going on. Why don't you guys check it out? Um, But we get a lot of people from our Facebook page, you know, they'll send us a private message, say, You know, either I have something going on in my house or, you know, my sister, my mom, my dad. Um, We actually had a lady message us. She just bought a house um, that was built back in the mid 1800s. Um, It's out in Girard, it was part of the Underground Railroad. Um, She's going to be moving in uh, next month, I believe. And she goes, I don't know if it's haunted, but I want you guys to check it out. You know, just because of the history. Right. So I don't know if we'll find anything, but it sounds like a great place. And, you know, and that's another thing that kind of really got me into this is we've investigated one of the homes on Sixth Street Millionaire's Row. Um, You know, we've done Historic House out in Girard. Um, the history, you know, some of these houses that we've been in are just beautiful. You know, they're Hundred, almost two hundred years old, and for me, it's really an honor to be able to almost step back in time. You know, to be in somebody's house for four or five hours. You know, it's 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 amazing.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, it has the the history is just
0: incredible. And yep, yeah. Follow up: Is there any any time there's a situation where someone wants something like this, but they're afraid that like the consequences, like a business, for example, they you know, been locking up at night and been hearing all these weird noises, but they think like if I reach out to these guys, are people gonna think my business department didn't want nothing to do with it anymore? Like yeah, so, to in my house, deal.
1: Yep, and, and you are absolutely right. There are we've had a lot of people just ask us for advice. You know, we have this going on, that going on. How do I get rid of it? What should we do? You know, do you want us to come check it out? No, we don't want you guys to stir up any activity which is totally understandable. Um, we have done quite a few businesses that wish wish to be, uh, you know, re- remain, you know, quiet. Mm-hmm. So, and obviously re- we respect those wishes for that exact reason. You know, right. we go out there, and that's one of the things we like to do. We always ask our clients, you know, if we do catch anything, can we post the evidence on Facebook? Um, we've done a lot of Facebook live feeds of our investigations. A lot of people don't care, you know, just don't show the outside. Don't show our address, you know, or say who we are, which we're totally fine with. Right. And there's other people that they just, they don't want to be ridiculed or, oh my God, you have ghost hunters at your house. You know, you know, are you crazy or, you know, whatever. Um, so we keep it quiet when we have to. Right. You know, we give advice when we have to, if, if people don't want us to actually come in and, you know, accidentally stir something up in their mind, you know.
2: Now, what about the flip side of that? Because I'm sure there's certain people that would would love to get the publicity of having a ghost in their uh, bed and breakfast, let's say.
1: There, yeah. Now, we've talked to a few people like that. Um as far as I know, nobody that we've really investigated wanted to try to profit from it, you know, if you will. But there are people, you know, we've done a couple investigations for, they were more than happy. You know, oh yeah, throw it on Facebook Live and you know, you know, tell us tell them where they live or you know, where we live and you know, things like that. There's people I'd absolutely love it, you know. Right and we've, we've had people, you know, Hey, I told a couple friends and they want to know if they can come over for the investigation, you know, and, oh sure. and, and, and that's something we allow. Um, you know, we don't want a ton of people in a house, but you know, if you have a friend or two that, you know, wants to come, you know, we allow it, um, you know, just as long as they're respectful to what we do and, you know, if I'm trying to do an EVP, I don't. You know, we don't want to hear people talking in the background that, you know, isn't a ghost. So. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know that that that's a good uh, a good follow up. If people are interested in uh, being part of your adventures, is that something that they're able to uh, to be a part of? Uh, can they reach out to you? How does that work?
1: Yeah. So last year, we did a couple public investigations. Um, we did two events out at the Judson House and Eagle Hotel in Waterford. And then we did two events at Northeast Bowling Lanes. Um, they were charity events. Uh, we helped the, the local businesses out. You know, they were affected by COVID. Um, you know, the Judson house needed some work done, you know, they were shut down. So once they kind of reopened the state a little bit, you know, we did these investigations. We actually raised, you know, a couple thousand dollars for each business. Oh, wow! yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was great. You know, we, uh, we sold out of our tickets fairly quick. You know, people had a great time. We're hoping to be able to do that again this year um we always announce it we always put posts up that you know we're going to be at this location you know um you know if you want to buy tickets for it or whatever um if you know of somebody you know if your house is haunted you know if you know somebody who has a business that's haunted i mean if you can convince them to let us investigate you're more than welcome to come you know Um, later on this year, we're actually looking, hopefully looking to book. Um, it's called the Hinsdale house and it's in Western New York and Salamanca. And it's supposedly considered to be one of the most haunted houses in New York state. Um, so we are looking to try to get into there. And if we do, we're probably going to hold a, um, hold like a raffle contest. And the winner of it will be able to go down with us and uh, join us for the investigation.
0: Nice. We we actually have a question from an audience member, if you don't mind. Yeah. You haven't already talked about it. What's the most haunted place that you've investigated so far? Oh,
2: good question.
1: I would either have to say Northeast Bowling Lanes or the House out in Union City. I would agree. Yeah. Um, nor- northeast Bowling Lanes, I'll tell you one quick story about that. Okay. So it was during one of our public investigations, and Mike was actually up front with a couple people. I was in the back uh, behind, the, behind the lanes where all the equipment is, and – he was doing like a REM pod or something like that. And we were working with the K2 meter in the back <clears throat> and I started walking away. I think I was actually walking up front for something and something was actually thrown at. Me. Like you wow. heard, it was like a, a little bolt or a nut or something. It, li- it hit the ground, like right next to me, kind of ricocheted off my shin and mike heard it from up front we have walkie-talkie so mike radios me. he goes hey did you just knock something over i said no i think something was throwing at me he started to laugh he said literally right before he heard that that bolt or whatever it was hit the ground he had made the comment hey if, if anybody's in here with us you know play a joke on jimmy and throw something at And as soon as he said that, something was like thrown at me. I turned around spirit box, we were doing the spirit box. I turn around and I walk back to the spirit box. And I said, did somebody throw something at me? And as soon as I said that, we got a male voice that came over the spirit box that said, I did.
2: Yes. Interesting.
1: So that right there, you know what? you had asked me what the, what the best evidence that we've ever caught was. Right. I take that back. That was probably it right there. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was great. That was fun. Like I told you guys guys before, that would have been
0: my cue too. (laughs) 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 Uh,
2: And I, and I'd be asking him if they want to go out for a drink, you know, talk about their (laughs) life. (laughs) Their afterlife, I guess, is what it would be,
1: right? You know? Yeah. <laughs> one of uh, talking about the Northeast Bowling Lanes, you know, one of the things that gives us great pleasure is kind of being able to figure out a mystery. And the, the whole thing behind Northeast Bowling Lanes, back in the early 1900s, where the bowling alley stands, used to be a horse stable. Huh. Next to the horse stable was a horse track. A little boy, 10 to 12, 13 years old, he was in the stable caring for the horses. He was kicked and was killed. Oh. Wow. And there's been many claims of seeing a little boy walking around the bowling alley. People who have been bowling, the owner, you know, maintenance workers, a lot of people have claimed a lot of paranormal activity out of that bowling alley. But nobody really knew who this boy was. And we had actually gotten over the spirit box, the name Thomas. And so we always kind of just went with that. Maybe this little boy's name is Thomas. So we started doing research and we found death records in Northeast that dated back to like 1920 or something. And there was a little boy. His name was Thomas that passed away I believe they said it was 14 years old. The only thing was, it was believed that the boy passed away in like 1910, I believe. And the death record on it was like 1923. But we got the name Thomas at the bowling alley. He fits the description of the boy. He fits the age range and roughly about 10 years apart from when he supposedly died to when the death record said he died. You know, we we found that pretty compelling, you know. Mm -hmm. So we believe that we may have actually found out who this little boy was that's, you know, roaming around the bowling alley.
2: So a lot of your job is actually investigative
1: history. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anytime, you know, especially when we do an older house. We try to do as much research as we can. You know, there's there's only so much that we can do. You know, we're we're not millionaires. We can't afford to go down to the courthouse every time and you know spend hundred dollars on you know records and stuff like that. But um, we try to do as much investigating as we can. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. Our, our one buddy Scott, he he likes to do that. But you know, we try to find out. Who's who the previous owners of the house have been when the house was built? You know, could it possibly have been built on reclaimed land? You know, just anything that we can find that helps us with the investigation, determine what could be causing this. Our investigations aren't just trying to find a ghost. People are looking for answers. Who is this? Why are they here? You know, a lot of people, we just built this home. Why is it haunted? It? You know, if you like to go to estate sales, if you like to go to yard sales, you know, and you buy grandma's old picture for $5 and you take it home, if grandma liked that picture, her energy could be attached to that picture. So you just brought somebody else's grandma home. Now, I'm not saying that it always happens, you know, so don't be afraid to go to an estate sale. But right. it can happen. You know, um, like I said, reclaim land. That's where they relocate a cemetery and build a subdivision. That is huge for paranormal activity. Um, you know, so that's why there's a lot of people. You know, we, we live in a brand new house. You know, how can it be haunted? You know, well, you know, there, there's reasons. Or there's other people that live, you know, in an 1800s farmhouse. You would swear to God it's haunted and there's no activity you
2: know so you know it, it's interesting when you mention that because uh you know it was kind of an over-the-top cautionary tale but poltergeist comes to mind because it was uh it was a subdivision that was uh, built over an old cemetery
1: yes it was
2: yep and uh truth is much stranger than fiction i guess because yep. a lot of that stuff actually happens
1: <coughs> it does you know, and, and one of the things a lot of people have too much Hollywood in their brains with this. What we do isn't like what you see on TV, you know, like in Poltergeist, the house folded up and disappear. Oh, so, right. It's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> um, you know, but, you know, a lot of people think, you know, a ghost is going to pop out of the wall and, you know, drag you down the hallway. There have been claims of that happening, but like I said, it's not Hollywood. You know, mm-hmm. we deal with our footsteps, hearing voices, you know, feeling, being touched, you know, things like that. You know, we haven't run into anything yet that, you know, it's staring at us from down the hallway and charges us growling and, you know, with fangs sticking out. So, right.
0: Nothing slimes you or anything, you know.
3: We haven't been slimed yet. Not, not yet. yet. (laughs)
2: But, but has there been anything that has truly frightened anyone in your group,
3: or either of you personally
2: during the investigation?
3: The only time I've been frightened was uh, that that story Jimmy told earlier when we were in that in a different uh, business in Waterford, and he he swore he saw something (laughs) down the hallway. And I've never heard somebody jump so <laughs> loudly in my life. He scared all of us. But, you know, I, I, that's a good question, though, Trent, because I always thought, you know, when I started doing this, am I going to be scared? Like, do I, am I going to, like, walk in and say, you know what, Jimmy, never mind. <laughs> I'm going home. <laughs> I, I've never felt that way. I've always felt comfortable. I've always, you know, excited. Uh, cautious, but not, you know, not scared. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the only time, I don't want it,
1: to, it got to me a little bit. It was the very first investigation we did. The one in Fairview? The, the one in Fairview. And the lady told us that a lot of activity happened downstairs. Now, I'm not going to say it was paranormal. Maybe it was just my, you know, mind over matter type thing. But I walked downstairs and it was a beautiful furnished basement. You know, part of it was like a workshop. As soon as my foot hit the basement floor, I almost passed out. And and but Mike had Mike had the same
3: experience. I, I was literally right behind him and we didn't say anything to each other. I stepped on mm-hmm. the floor and I was and I like I grabbed for Jim. Yeah. I grabbed like like I just got really dizzy, but I grabbed onto him and he said, Mike, I just almost did it myself. It was really weird. The the only way that I could describe it is literally
1: hold your breath until you're about to pass out. That's exactly how I felt. I had goosebumps. I was freezing cold and it only lasted a couple seconds. And then that after works. that I was fine. But like I said, I mean, was it paranormal? I don't know. But paranormal. literally, as soon as my foot touched that base, I didn't even get two steps into the basement as soon as i came off the stairs that feeling hit me that was a little overwhelming you know did did something attach itself to me for a quick second you know what was it i have no idea you know so that that was a little freaky especially with that being our first like official investigation you know so yeah i can understand that (laughs) yeah it
0: kind of sounds like it kind of sounds like something passed through you guys
3: it, it very well could have yeah you're absolutely right because we were standing in line right i was right behind them. yeah it kind of sounded like it kind of like here's you guys and then like it just went like Ooh. it could be yep mm-hmm.
0: so that brings up our next question which is ghost stories everyone loves them everyone that's why i didn't sit here what other stories do you have from investigations that you can share with us
1: Um we did a business in Mill Creek and it was uh the, the back of the business was a wooded area, you know which one I'm mm-hmm. talking about. And so I I, the anonymous ones
3: we're not allowed to talk
1: about. Yeah, that. yeah, that's one thing. If they don't want to, you know, if they want to remain unknown, we we keep it. But we do tell the stories. Right. Um I had set up one of my night vision cameras back down by the woods and we went back down, you know, and just kind of moseying around and, and, um, we were walking on our way back up to the building and we heard yelling Really. It, and it didn't, uh, how do, how do I explain it? It wasn't like a disembodied yell. But it also didn't sound like, you know, somebody walking through the woods at two o'clock in the morning, you know what I'm saying? Right. And we didn't hear it. I mean, the whole time we were down at like the base of the wood area, we got nothing. And as we were walking back, we heard that like yelling and it wasn't calling a name. It wasn't, I couldn't make it out really saying anything it just sounded like a, a, a male voice, just like literally yelling. And when I went over watching the uh, the video, doing the video review, we didn't get the yelling on camera, but there was three times, now mind you, nobody's back there. There was three times that you heard almost kind of like a rock being kicked. And actually one time the camera was sitting level, and you watched it move down just a little bit, not a lot. Who could have done that? You know, it wasn't a breezy night. You know, it's not like the wind could have done it. You know, maybe there was a skunk or something walking around. I i don't know. But,
3: you know, that's – that was kind of weird, though. Yeah, that, I mean, the yell came – I mean, it was, it was directional. Like, you mm-hmm. – i think really? four or five of us were there that night yeah and like it happened as we were walking up and we just all turned around it was in a certain direction uh and some of us pulled up like a map of the area just yeah. to see it you know a topographical map and there was no houses probably within 700 800 yards of that place. yeah and, and actually on the other side of the uh
1: the wood line was i-79 So there wasn't even any houses or anything, you know, that somebody could have walked through their backyard into the woods. Um, That's one that stands out.
0: You you actually told a story off air when we were chatting beforehand about, um, you asked the final question uh, to make sure like, hey, we're leaving or something. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, so. Yeah,
1: right. We did. We did a house out in Union City, and it was built nineteen oh six or something like that. Beautiful house, and it was um, it was in one of the neighborhoods of the uh, the bigwigs for what was the furniture company out there? Uh, Ethan Allen. Ethan Allen. Ethan Allen. Uh, back in its heyday. And all the big wigs had really nice homes and the home actually had an addition that they used as a tuberculosis room. Apparently one of their family members caught tuberculosis. (laughs) And one of the theories to curing TB was natural sunlight. So this, this room had three or I'm sorry, two of its walls were nothing but windows. And we got a ton of SLS footage. We were hearing footsteps up in the attic, literally right above
3: us. And the, the, the door to the attic was in the room that, yes. that we were in. So we had a camera up there looking. And then we had uh, one of our investigators go up and look. Nothing. But it, <clears throat> it was as clear as day that somebody was walking right above us. Yeah.
1: Wow and so we were we were getting done for the night and you know we're polite we you know before we leave we always you know thank you for sharing the night with us for allowing us into your home. And I always try to get one more thrill and, and you know just one more time if you're here with us, can you please let us know make a noise touch one of us show yourself. And no sooner did I say that, there was this loud bang, and it was so loud and heavy, it actually shook the walls and floors. Don't know what it was, but it came from the attic. Nobody's in the attic. Not one person was there. And we just took that as, okay, they're done with us. They had their fun. We had our fun. You know, we packed up our equipment and left.
2: They had to have the last word, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. they did. You yeah. Know, I, I
1: think that was their way of saying, you know, we're done. Yeah. We yeah. left to it, too. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, you were see me. Well, guys, this was fun. See you later.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm running towards it again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so what's coming up next for you guys? Do you have any uh, interesting hunts coming up or uh, particular... Uh, <laughs>
1: Areas that you're going to be investigating? Um, tomorrow night we have an investigation that we're doing. We're excited um, about it. Yeah, we're, we're excited about it. It's <clears throat> a lady and her roommate, <clears throat> and I believe their daughter lives with them as well. Um, they've just been having some poltergeist activity going on. Things moving around, you know. Uh, claims of blankets being pulled off uh, in the middle of the night, you know. Oh, wow alarm clocks being shut off, you know, so, you know, they're not waking up for work and time, um, you know, things like that. Um, we're excited about that one, you know, hopefully we're gonna be able to figure out what's going on, catch some good evidence. Um, Are we gonna be Facebook live for that one? I didn't ask them though. We have two investigations coming up in Girard. Uh, one I can't mention. The other one is um, the, the one of the lady that I mentioned. She's getting ready to move into the house. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. Like I said, the history, the Underground Railroad, you know, Gerard has a ton of history. You know, if people don't live in the area and they love history, just look up Gerard, Pennsylvania. Civil War, you know, I mean, it is just jam-packed with history. I have
2: some friends that live near Gettysburg and they're yeah. constantly experiencing things. Yeah.
1: You know, and, and that's one that's one of the great things about Erie County. The the history that it has, the War of 1812, the Civil War, you know, a lot of people don't realize, but you know, obviously Gettysburg is very well known for the Civil War. Erie played a huge part in the Civil War with the Underground Railroad. Um the war of 1812 erie played a huge part because of the lake and the peninsula mm-hmm. you know you have matt anthony wayne's Blockhouse, which was a lookout for the british um oliver hazard perry he had his shipyard here the u.s navy had uh ports where they built naval ships you know here in the bay um just huge history you know civil war war of 1812 you know and um Erie back in its heyday was huge with manufacturing and the one house that we investigated on Millionaire's Row, uh, he was a local business owner. He had a, um, it was called black manufacturing. Uh, he made bicycles and he was actually the America's number one selling bicycle maker until Schwinn came in and mm-hmm. you know, his house was built in 1856, I believe. You know, it was his summer, or it was his uh, primary residence, you know, four stories. It was almost 10,000 square feet total. You know, we got to see the maids' quarters, you know, and all that stuff. And yeah, I mean, like I said, the the history behind everything is almost more exciting than actually doing the ghost hunts for me, you know? Mm -hmm.
2: It has
0: to be fascinating. I got to ask a quick question. One of our local breweries, you guys probably know this, actually does. A ghost tiny tour i think my parents have been on that have you guys ever done something like that we
1: we were actually supposed to do the brewery mm-hmm. um, that you're talking about we were uh gained full access to the underground tunnels and everything yeah and then of course COVID hit <clears throat> like like a few right. weeks after. yeah yeah literally we were working on getting everything booked up and you know, it's stuff like that. COVID hit <clears throat> and then um we're hoping to be able to get back in. You know, as far as I know, they're still willing to do it. Um, but hopefully something like that, you know, maybe some type of business partnership can can come up. You know, we we've offered to throw out there before, you know, you know, you guys have done the ghost hunt before, you know, do it with an actual paranormal group, you know, or you know you don't have to have fifteen, twenty people in a group, you know if you want to hold a raffle and you can win your very own investigation, you know things like that. so we're we're always open to you know trying different things and you know, obviously getting our name out there.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I think that that's a great idea. You know, yeah. as we've been talking uh, and we've talked about phenomenon, what you've experienced, where you've been, what you've investigated. I have to ask both of you, what do you think this phenomena actually is? Is it a ghost? And if it is a ghost,
1: what is a ghost? You know, so believe it or not, pretty much the definition of a spirit is just energy. What causes that energy, there's a million different explanations to it, depending on what type of activity. You know, there's, there's a, a theory that us paranormal investigators use. If you are a jerk in life, you're going to be a jerk in the afterlife. <laughs> That's where a lot of your poltergeist, you know, they're not being mean. They like playing with you know, they like teasing you. They like seeing you jump. They like seeing you, you know, whatever. Um, demonic, it's just that. I mean, demonic really honestly isn't anything you want to mess around with. Mm-hmm. There have been claims of people being possessed and dying, you know, committing suicide or, you know, I, I've i read I read an article I believe it was back in the 90s, a guy's living or serving a life sentence for murder. And supposedly he claims he was possessed. He murdered somebody. He has no recollection, no memory of doing it. You know, so there are things out there. Is, you know, did somebody pass on? They weren't ready to die. So they they're just, you know, they're not ready to move on. Um there's other theories that if you pass away and you have unfinished business whatever that could be you're you stick around until your unfinished business is finished. Um there's and what I tell people because I get that question a lot what I tell people is you never you're not going to know until your time comes. You know and you cross over and whatever round that may be whether it's heaven, hell, purgatory, where you're stuck on earth for a while. Nobody really knows what goes on until your time comes, you know? Mm-hmm. But that's why we're here. We try to figure it out. We try to help people.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm looking for the investigation where you do help someone and then, like, find out what the business is and then, poof, it's gone. Because it helped, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we've... Um, What, what investigation? Oh, the, like, like the bowling alley, you know, we believe we found out that little boy's name, you know, right. to us, to the business owner, to the guy who owned the bowling alley. I mean, that was huge, you know, with as many claims as people saying, you know, hey, we just saw a little boy go back behind the bowling alleys, you know, oh, yeah, that's he's a ghost. You know, now you can actually put a a name to the boy that everybody's seeing. You know, we've we've had people ask us, you know, we've had a family member that just passed. You know, are you able to, you know, and then, then, you know, after they pass, we've had activity happen. You know, is there a way you can try to see if you can connect this with our family member that just passed? You know, for me, it's an honor to do that. It doesn't happen all the time, you know, so we don't want people to say, oh, yeah, these guys are coming in. We're definitely, you know, we're going to talk to grandma or mom tonight, you know. Right. The odds of that happening are slim, but, you know, like I said, you never know.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And has that, like you said, you mentioned before, like have people contact you with specifics, like you said, you never know. But like if there's been someone specifically like, hey, my aunt Ruth just passed or something. And I don't I can't explain it, but I truly feel that she's still around or something.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we get a lot. We get a lot of cases like that, uh, whether it's a recent passing or, you know, kind of like you said, somebody is inheriting a family home. And, you know, they grew up in that home and they know that there is activity. Now they want to try to find out who may have been in that house. Um, but yeah, we get a lot of people that, you know, we have things going on. We think we might know who it is. Is there a way you can validate it for us?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And well, ever- it, it certainly brings some closure to your yeah. situation
1: we try to yeah and, and like I said, I mean there's there's times we've gone to an investigation and activity happens before we're even ready to go you know we're wow. we're just unpacking our equipment and we have activity happening and there's other times we've spent five six hours somewhere and you know you're you're struggling to keep your eyes open because there's there's nothing going on you know so And, you know, there's another thing, too. Just because your house is active doesn't mean it's always going to be active. You know, the the one investigation that we did, it was a a lady and her two daughters. They lived in this house, and she claimed of all this poltergeist activity happening and hearing growling and, and, you know, things like that. We didn't get very much, you know, and the reason behind that, you know, if this demonic entity or poltergeist, you know, like I said, poltergeist like to have fun and, you know, they get a kick out of scaring you or whatever. You got three girls living in a house. I'm, I'm going to say, you know, it's looking at an easy target. Right. You know, then you get four guys that walk into this house. You know this entity because oh you know who are these guys I'm, I'm gonna sit back i don't know who these guys are i want to see what they're all about you right. know so you could go from a very active house to absolutely nothing
3: you know the thing is we <coughs> we totally believe her because you know she she called us told us told us there was demonic entities in the house she bought the house and literally put it back on the market four months after she moved in. You know, pe- people people don't do that unless yeah they truly at least believe something's going on yeah. in the house. Right. So, but like like Jim said, we got there and and we got a lot of orb action, but really nothing much more than that.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And has there ever been like a moment where you've like like you said with the the so where someone's You've heard a name or, like, you've been suspicion of a name or, like, a relationship, like, a relative, like a mother or an aunt or an uncle or something, and you've brought that to the person's attention, and you've seen their reaction, like, you can tell that's who you found. Like, did you have a Aunt Ruth yet? recently, Pat, like, or did you have a Aunt Ruth that you hung out in this area, and they've just been, like, yeah, like, they like, it's just clicked with them. Like, has there ever been
1: evidence like that or so? I, I can't recall anything that personal before. Um, one house that we investigated, they believe there to be some type of child. They didn't know an age, boy, girl, whatever, but they believe that there was a child there. Hearing childlike voices and, you know, Childlike things going on. We were able to actually validate on the SLS camera and then a couple spirit box uh answers that we got back. Um, we're pretty sure that we were able to validate a child being there. Who it was, no clue.
2: Hmm.
1: I, I don't think we've ever really gotten that personal, you know. Hey, was your dad's name, you know, Al? You know, yeah, he just passed away, you know, a couple months ago while well, he's here with you. We haven't been able to do that, no. Mm-hmm. Not, not yet, at least. Yeah. So it kind of, it kind
2: of brings up an interesting uh, follow up, too. Uh, you know, we talked about the uh, this, this ain't movies that you're doing right now. This, this is not poltergeist. Uh, this, this is none of that crazy stuff that goes on. Now, we do see, a lot of television shows right now with a lot of different ghost hunting groups out there who seem to have a never-ending amount of activity going on uh there's there's bumps in the night there's figures peeping out of a corner there's there's all this crazy stuff going on what what are your feelings about uh There's so many television groups right now doing this, and they seem to have endless things happening to
1: them, right? You 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 touched a uh, touchy subject for us.
3: I was
2: afraid of
1: that.
3: I'm so (laughs) glad you asked that question. So, you know, you watch those shows, and they might do a two-night investigation, but, you know, they're editing. Right. You know, we can go two hours with nothing happening two hours with nothing happening. And, you know, then we'll get something, you know, and then another half hour of nothing. And then, you know, our rent pot will start working. You know, if you, if we were there for, you know, a total of 10 hours and edit it down to a TV show, we could probably fill it in. And by the way, I, I actually did this one. <laughs> I, I, texted, I was watching, I don't remember which one it was. Ghost uh, Adventures. It might have been Ghost Adventures. <laughs> no, so,
2: it couldn't have been Ghost Adventures. Hey, no. we'll,
3: we'll call them out on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so I I decided that I was going to use my stopwatch on my phone and and figure out how much actual time during on the on a one hour episode where they're actually the filming is part of the investigation. So. Right. <laughs> 20 minutes of the 60 minutes was actually on them investigating wherever they were 20 hours. They had,
2: they had truncated what? Like two nights of investigation into 20 minutes. Correct. Pretty much. Yeah. Wow.
1: You know, and, and you also talk about, you know, how can these guys capture a full bodied apparition walking down the hallway? How can these guys do this, do that? the equipment they they have endless money you know and if you're talking about all these national tv shows you know we have three night vision cameras you know i showed you pretty much all the you know a lot of the equipment we have we got about 4000 dollars worth of equipment ghost adventures they walk around with a semi truck full of equipment hundreds of thousands of dollars you know so they are able to literally videotape Every square foot of a two hundred thousand square foot abandoned abandoned uh, mental asylum, you know, they they have the ability to do that. You know, they they have the production crews. You know, and that's one thing that I always my disclaimer when we do a Facebook Live. You know, we've gotten comments. You know, this is boring. You guys need to do this more. Need to do that more. During our investigation, when we do a Facebook Live, it's not edited. We are going to be walking around a lot. We are, you know, we do have to try to figure out where the hotspots are, where, you know, and that's not something that we have to do, but we, we do it for our fans. You know, we have, right now, we have almost 3,000 followers on our page. And, you know, a lot of times we do our Facebook Live feeds, we get a couple hundred people that watch. You know, and most everybody they absolutely love it, they understand, you know, but you do get a few of those people. Well, how do we know you're not faking evidence? You know what? I'm I'm just honestly, I I can't I can't answer that. The only thing I could say is we're not. You know, we do this for the love of it, we do it for a passion, we do it for a hobby, we're nonprofit, we don't get paid. You know, so it's not like somebody's going to say, hey, five hundred dollars, you know, make me the most haunted house in in the city. You know, we don't get paid. We we post our evidence. You know, if, if you're if you're on our Facebook page, if you follow us, we have EVPs on there. We have spirit boxes. We have pictures, SLS footage. Watch it and just make your own assumption. You know that that's all we can say. You know, we do what we do and we post, uh, most of the time we're able to post our evidence. And, you know, people watch, they listen to EVPs. You know, like when we did the Dobler house, we caught two EVPs, can't tell what they are. They came from the same bedroom. One sounds like a female voice, the other sounds like a child. But when I uploaded those EVPs to our Facebook page, We had dozens of people, so it's saying this, it's saying that. Everybody had a different idea of what this voice was saying, you know. I
2: I would say it adds a little uh, little more, uh, you're a little more legit, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, when you're not editing down what you're doing and you're actually
1: doing it live,
2: you know. It adds some credibility to that.
1: All yeah, right. and you know, obviously, you know, when when you're making millions of dollars doing this on national TV, there's a reason you have to edit down. You know, I, I totally understand that. But you know, like Mike said, out of a out of an hour show, you know, you got fifteen, twenty minutes of actual investigating. The rest of it is them driving around in a car, you know, doing the interviews, you know, and things like that. So right. You know, if if you wanted to get our one hour TV show, we're going to have to do probably a 14 or 16 hour Facebook live, you know, right. so, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's been one of the, one of the biggest things, you know, well, this isn't like what we see on TV. No, it's, it's yeah. not gonna be, you know,
0: and as someone who often I can relate to me because as a comm major, for one. But you're absolutely right. A lot of people get stereotypes and stuff like that in your head because you're right. No one's, a TV show is not going to make, you know, the $20 million off of an hour episode where literally they've only got five minutes for action in this house. You know, no one's yep. going to watch that. No one's going to want to sit back and be like, okay, when the come in, you know, they want something real. Like they want the action. It's like, it's like when, you know, it's like with some people having it on TV. You know, no one wants to, like, no one wants to hear about the person or that person, but if they see him doing something funny, like with Dwarfism, for example, you know, tying it in, no one just wants to hear, you know, there are shows, there are very interesting shows about Dwarfism, like a little couple more people the world, but if you made a TV show out of my life, I guarantee you, you're getting, like, 20, getting like 20 people watching, you know, right? Right, exactly. I'm, like, I'm, like, you guys, I'm going to work, coming home, yeah, well, doing Buddy tasks, but that's it. They yep. want people who have that experience where I'm driving down the street and all of a sudden someone goes crazy because I'm the first real person they've ever seen, right?
1: Yeah, you know?
0: yeah, so it totally makes sense. We actually have a follow up question. I know you guys have answered this before, but for this audience member. Do you have a medium that has worked for the team? Just to reiterate that for the audience member,
1: we we had an empath join us on one of our investigations. Um, <clears throat> we didn't tell her anything about the house. We got there. We let her roam around by herself. Um, you know, actually, it was Mike and I at that investigation with the homeowners. Uh, You know, we all went outside. She walked around the house for about 20 minutes. She was able to pick up on some energy, you know, from like upstairs where the homeowners claim that they've had activity and stuff like that. Um, We have never actually taken a medium or, you know, anything like that on an investigation for the purposes of, you know, Let's try to find a name. Let's try to find if this is mom or dad or, you know, whatever. We've had a lot of people contact us um, saying that they do have psychic abilities and and whatnot. So it is something that we do want to look into. You know, we would like to try to find somebody credible, um, you know, who could possibly join us when need be. You know, it's not something that you need every investigation, but. You know if we ever did get that one phone call where i need help i i need to know who this is or you know whatever it would be great to have somebody who could possibly help bring those answers to us yes
3: so we're still looking for one i guess
1: yes yes we are
0: yes perfect very cool yep so now i'm gonna or trent's got a question for you actually
2: yeah, <laughs> I do have a question for you, and th- this is uh, uh, a, a little little off of the the ghost uh, questions, mm-hmm. but it's something that we uh, that we feel very passionate about here on Buddy Cast. and we like to ask uh, everyone who we talk to. Uh, if if you uh, had any uh, audience member who wanted to donate to a charity of your choice, Uh, what would that charity be and why would you choose that charity?
1: Yeah, we we talked, uh, me personally, St. Jude's. Um, I don't know, just no child should ever have to go through any type, you know, of medical care, you know, cancer treatment, anything like that. Um, My daughter uh, has suffered a little bit from epilepsy you know so she's been in and out of cleveland clinic you know a few times and nowhere compared to you know a child having cancer or anything like that but yeah i mean you know that's just somewhere got to try to fix it you know let a kid be a kid you know yeah. and then like every time i see those tv commercials come on it, it just it breaks my heart you know so yeah if 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 anybody's looking to donate money, you know, St. Jude, that, that's where I say it goes to.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Wonderful.
3: And, Mike, what about you? Uh, I would i would say Shriners. Uh, my, my nephew benefited a lot with the Shriners Hospital. Uh, couldn't, couldn't afford the surgery, and um, Shriners took care of him very well. So I, I would definitely say Shriners Hospital.
0: Beautiful answer. We always love it when there's a personal thing behind it. It's not like, well, I'll just pick this charity, you know. Yeah, yeah.
2: Absolutely, children. and they're both wonderful charities uh, yeah. caring yeah. for children, which mm.
0: is so important. And like we said, you guys have personal reasons behind them, not just, well, you know, everyone, everyone loves children. Everyone loves to help children. It's like a great cause, but you guys actually have members of your family that have gone through situations where you know these are the places that you – that need the support that you that you that you believe in. So we love answers like that. Another question we always ask here on Buddy Cash is in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy?
3: don't no, go ahead. Like if I were somebody's buddy, is that what
0: mm-hmm. you mean? Yeah, like what does it mean to be someone's buddy?
3: To to be genuine uh, and, and a good listener. I think those are the two probably best qualities to be somebody's buddy to be genuine and just listen mm-hmm. have have somebody to have fun with you know
1: right now, today's world isn't very easy, whether you're hung up on politics, whether you're hung up on whatever the case may be, you know I haven't watched the news, and I don't know how long because I don't like to you know. Find, find somebody you have fun with, you know, and go have a good time. Live life. You know, we're, we're talking about life and death tonight, you know, and everybody knows in the, in the realm of things, life is short. You know, stop being so angry. Stop, you know, trying to pick fights or, you know, whether you support this person or that person. Go out and have fun, you know.
0: I love it. You said it best, life is short, go have fun.
1: That's right, right.
2: Absolutely, and you, you've certainly uh, put together a good group of buddies who uh, are going out and doing these investigations.
1: Oh yeah, we we, we have fun with it. You know, there, there's times where we get a little tired and goofy and we start playing tricks on each other, but but yeah, we, we do have fun with it. Actually, one quick story, the house on Union City that we were doing the investigation we're all sitting. Me and I think another investigator. We're sitting in the tuberculosis room, and normally, if you're entering the room or you're coming, you know, you announce yourself. You know, hey guys, I'm coming in. Whatever. Right. So we're sitting there, and I I can't remember if we were doing an EVP session or some. Well, Mike comes walking up the stairs. We didn't hear Mike, and he starts opening the door, slowly. very slowly. <laughs> All it is is just a heavy wood door.
3: I'll
1: be honest with you. I got goosebumps. I'm like, "What is this? You know, is is there something opening the door, and am I finally gonna see that full bodied apparition?" And Mike opens that door. He goes, "Oh, there you guys are." Uh... <laughs> Meanwhile, you're
0: over here checking your heart rate.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I yeah,
3: we're still buddies. Yeah, we are. <laughs>
2: see, there you go. So it all worked out. You know? Yeah. Buddies of, giving each other heart exercise. I love it. it.
3: It's that type of friendship.
0: Like, you know, they always say, like, a good buddy's the one who, if you trip and fall, will help you back up and brush you off. A great buddy is the one who will look at you and go, walk much.
2: <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, so, guys, what, what advice would you give to someone who wants to do what you're doing and <laughs> would like to start it? doing some ghost investigating
1: do do your research um you know it's not something where you can just you know go buy a recorder and a camera and you know say you're a a a ghost hunter um you know do your research find out what causes activity there's different types of act uh different types of hauntings you have intelligent residual demonic poltergeist you have portal, um, residual, you know, know what your hauntings are. So you know what you, you're you dealing with. Um, you know, when it comes to the equipment, know what you're buying, know how to use it. You know, trust me, I'm not perfect. There's plenty of times that, you know, I thought I had my camera running and I forgot to turn it on, you know, so I missed the first half hour of the investigation or something, you know. Um, but yeah i mean take your time with it make sure it's something you want to do you know we do our investigations on the weekends we all work full-time jobs so weekends are best for us you know dedicate your weekend you know tomorrow night's investigation it's going to be from like 11 o'clock at night until four or five in the morning so guess what we're doing all day sunday we're sleeping all right you well know, so Yeah, I mean, that to me is is the biggest piece of advice that I could give. Know what you're doing, do your research, you know, find out. And there's actually different types of paranormal investigators. There's the scientific type that uses all the meters, kind of like what we do. There's people that only do EVPs. There's groups out there that only use old technology believe it or not the old like reel-to-reel tape recorders are fantastic for catching evps um i
2: I would believe that i come from an audio background and i absolutely believe that
1: yep um the old polaroid cameras you know for back in the 80s and 90s um yeah the uh the dowsing rods polaroid cameras um lately those have just been coming back into the scene the camera itself isn't that expensive but it's like 50 bucks for a cartridge of 20 pictures or something (laughs) but um yeah yeah, it's it's insane but yeah there's people that base their investigations off of old technology or you know things like that find out where you want to be and you know have fun with it
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, that's terrific Mm-hmm. well guys thank you so so much for being on buddy it was an honor it was a pleasure i had a great time trent did you have a great time oh it was terrific it was
2: true it was so great talking to you guys and it's uh yeah. it it's good to kind of part the curtain a little bit uh mm-hmm. you know and and see behind the scenes i mean we all see the tv shows but it's it's good to talk to a couple of people who are actually in the trenches
1: yeah. Yeah. You, you never know. Maybe someday you'll see us on the travel channel or something like that, you know, but, uh, you know, and, until then, we're just the local boys that, you know, like I said, we, we do it for fun. We do it. You know, we've all had personal experiences. And, um, you know, just like the next person, we want to help somebody and, and try to figure out what's going on. Some people don't care. Others, they they're definitely afraid of it. Mm-hmm. So. Or we come in, you know. So shout out to our other team members. Yes, um, the, the, our team members. Mike's a better person than I am here. <laughs> uh, so my name is Jim James. Right. Patrick, Mike, and then our other team members that aren't here with us. We have Kayla. Hi, Kayla. Scott, Mark, and then we actually just brought a new guy on. He hasn't done an investigation with us yet. He's that new. But we also have Chris. And then uh, Ray. So we we have people, you know, we all kind of take turns doing the investigations and, you know, if we ever get a really big place to, you know, investigate, we have enough people to cover it. So.
0: Beautiful. I love it. Well, thank you guys again so much. Tune into their investigations. Where can we, one more question. Where can we find you? Where can we find more about
1: you? Uh, Facebook Eerie Unknown. All right. right. Facebook maybe oh, unknown. Well, thank you. Right. And ho- hopefully within the next couple months, we're gonna have a website up, you know, with more information and you know, things like that. But for right now, Facebook is, is our main form of contact. We post evidence on there, you know, updates to investigations, public investigation, ticket sales. Like I said, ticket sales were nonprofit. So when we do any type of public investigation, you know it'll go to a business or you know something of that nature.
2: Mm. Well, hopefully I can talk Nick into coming sometime, and we'll come to one of your investigations. We would love to have you guys anytime
1: you're up here in Erie, or you know if you can get us into a place down there, you know we'll we'll try to schedule it and absolutely know, take a road trip. Mm-hmm.
0: One hundred sounds like fun. Like I said, if you guys, when I'm excited to go on an adventure with you guys now, I was interested earlier. Now I'm excited. You know, now I'm like, I, again, the first thing that goes bump, I'm probably like, what was that? What was that? Okay, now it's time to
2: just take your holy water. You'll be fine, Nick. Yeah, it'll be all
0: right. (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) So, but thank you again for, and I have one favor to ask you guys tonight. Absolutely. Go be someone's buddy today. Will do. Yes. Uh, this, is, yep, this has been BuddyCast with Eerie Unknown And my good buddy Trent Wrench I'm your host Nick Sorensen Thank you all for joining us And we'll catch you next time Here on everybody's favorite podcast BuddyCast
2: When the days
0: are going fast Buddy, buddy We've got to make them last Buddy, buddy Before they've all gone fast, Buddy, buddy Tune in to, to BuddyCast don't feel na to make everybody here on body cast.